Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show the famous fashion model and actress, Miss Nancy Kelly. Miss Kelly started her career out in the late 1920s as a child actress starring in such roles as The Great Gatsby and many others. But her real Hollywood career took off in the late 1930s to early 40s, starring in such roles as Fly By Night, Tornado, and many others. But what a lot of people may remember Miss Kelly for is her 1945 movie, The Trail from the East. Today, Miss Kelly comes to the show to reenact two of her suspense performances. In this first episode, she plays a young waitress who is working in the middle of Hollywood at a restaurant. She goes through out her day of the events of what happened to her that night. A strange man comes up right before she gets off of her shift and she treats him like every other customer takes his order out to him but unfortunately for her she does not know that the man is a murderer and a mental patient at a psych ward so she goes in to call for the time operator to see what the time is. As she does that, the man beeps his horn a second time and offers her a ride. But what the young waitress does not know is that she is in the car with a murderer. And in this second episode, Miss Kelly plays a woman who is married to a man who is on death row. So she tries her best to do her own detective work by trying to figure out who framed her husband for the murder that he didn't even commit. But as we go on through the story, her husband doesn't know that she's really wanting to have him executed for that crime so that she can fall in love with the actual killer and live happily ever after. The first episode is called Drive-In and the second episode is called Eve. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Nancy Kelly and her performance on the show for today. Please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. Now, Roma Wines present... Suspense. Tonight, drive-ins. 
starring Nancy Kelly. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant as Roma Wines bring you Suspense. This is the Man in Black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, who tonight from Hollywood bring you a star, Miss Nancy Kelly, in the suspenseful narrative of a Hollywood working girl who, one rainy midnight, found death sitting beside her on the ride home. And so with Drive-In and with the performance of Nancy Kelly, we again hope to keep you in suspense. I wish I hadn't let Ruth talk me into serving that last car that came to the drive in that rainy night. It was late. I was tired. I'd been on my feet all day carrying heavy trays, hopping to it when impatient people glared their headlights on and off in my eyes. And heaven knows there are a lot of impatient people in Hollywood. These car hops don't have an easy time of it. Talk about your mail carriers. Well, we're the same. Raining or blowing or boiling hot, we've... Got to get through with that tray or know the reason why. Tired, hungry people who sit back in their car and expect a million dollars worth of service for a ten-cent tip. Why do we do it? Oh, sure, there are other ways of making a living in Hollywood, but not many that hold that glittering promise that maybe someday, somehow, maybe someone will say... Why, that girl looks like Lana Turner. Yeah, at least her hair's done up that way. You know, I think I could use her in that new picture of mine. I think I'll ask her to come out of the studio. Yeah, I know. Well, here we go again. Well, maybe it doesn't happen often, but there's always a chance. And there's always that hope. That's what keeps us going, I guess. But there are other things that can happen in a drive-in. Things that aren't on the menu by any manner of means. Like like the rainy night I was telling you about when I let Ruth talk me into serving that last car that came in. Oh, Mildred, please take his order. I've got three other cars and I'm waiting for French fries. Oh, look at the clock, will you? It's near midnight. I'm off duty. Oh, please, Mildred, just this one more, will you? I'll do the same for you sometime. But Ruth, I... Oh, what's the matter with him? Can't he read? Please do not honk your horn. Fair enough to me. Well, it's a doctor's car, see? He's probably in a rush. Anybody you got... Anyway, you got nobody waiting. Oh, all right. Gee, thanks a lot. Well, it was true. No one was waiting for me. Only the bus that would take me to Glendale, where I lived alone in an apartment. So I buttoned up my raincoat, and I took a menu over to the car. Good evening. Never mind the menu. Just some black coffee, a pot of it, and a ham sandwich. Please hurry it. When I... When I took his order over to the car, the window was rolled up a little too far, and it interfered with the tray, so I reached in to wind it down. When I touched the handle, it, it felt wet and kind of sticky, too, but I didn't think anything about it, and I got the tray firmly set, 
And then I looked at my hand. It was as red as, as blood. I looked up quickly at him. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Dr. Morgan. I just had an emergency in the car. Oh, an accident? Yes, Sunset and Vine, quite a crash. I just happened by and I took one of them to the hospital. Oh, gee, that's too bad. Yes, it was very unfortunate. I walked back trying to wipe the blood from my hand with a paper napkin. Oh, it gave me a creepy feeling to have somebody's blood on my hand. Then I went in to wash. I was keeping close track of the time and I was a little worried for fear the big driving clock wasn't right. It sometimes ran slow. So I took a coin from my pocket. I figured it was worth a nickel not to miss that last bus to Glendale. I walked over to the payphone and I was just about to drop the nickel in when... I looked out and he was leaning on the horn and beckoning to me at the same time. I put the nickel back in my pocket and I hurried out to him. I'm sorry, but I'm in a hurry and I haven't time for this coffee to cool off. I'll take the sandwich with me. How much do I owe you? Uh, uh, Forty cents. Forty cents. Here you are. I hope I didn't interrupt your phone call. Wasn't important, was it? Oh, no, no. I was just checking on the time. I didn't want to miss my bus. There was a clock right over your head. Oh, that's usually wrong. I had the time. It's about four minutes to twelve. Oh. Oh, gee, I am going to miss my bus. What time does it leave? At midnight from Hollywood and La Brea. Well, hop in. I'll take you. I'm going right past there. Oh, gee, would you? I'll take the train. I'll be right back. Okay. I might still make it. In my hurry to unhook the tray from the window, I gave it a jerk. It fell crashing to the ground. Oh, Ruth! Ruth, please help me pick these things up, will you? I'm, I'm going to miss my bus. Oh, all right, Mildred. Okay. I picked the things up quickly, and Ruth went off with the tray. I started to run around the other side of the car when I noticed something shining on the ground. It was one of the shakers that had fallen from the tray. I picked it up, and I started running toward the drive-in when he spoke to me. Why don't you just put that in your pocket? You can return it tomorrow. Come on, come on. You're going to miss your bus. Well, I put the shaker into my pocket, and I rushed over to the other side of the car, and he opened the door for me. I was just about to get in when I hesitated. I wasn't used to doing this sort of thing. The other girls sometimes let the customers drive them home, but I never did. Still, he looked so decent, and... Come on, come on, you'll miss it. Then he, he reached out as if to help me in. And I thought then that he was really concerned about my missing the bus, for... Well, he seemed to pull me into the car. And the first thing I knew, I was sitting beside him. And the door slammed. And we were driving off. I was a little uneasy, but then I thought, oh, it's only a few blocks and I won't be in the car long. I suppose you're in a hurry because someone's waiting for you. Oh, no, I, I live alone, but... I'd hate to walk back to Glendale in this rain. You won't have to walk. This is very nice of you. I appreciate it. Not at all. Would you mind rolling up that window on your side? There's a draft. Oh, oh of course. Um, you, you can let me off at that corner over there. All right. Anywhere along here will be all right. This is this is fine, right right over there by that stop sign. Well, you're going right through that stop signal. Am I? Yes. But I'll get over there by the other one. My bus. 
You're turning the wrong way. Am I? Yes. This goes up to Laurel Canyon. Does it? You thought you were pretty smart, didn't you? I don't know what you mean. Please let me out of this car. You went right to the phone. You thought I wouldn't see you. The phone? But I, I was calling about the time. Honest, I was. The time? With that clock right over your head? Oh, but that clock's wrong sometimes. Besides, who would I call? Why should I call anyone about you? You were calling the police. Oh, no. Honest, I wasn't. Let me out of this car. You were going to catch a bus. You were going straight to the police. That's where you were going. But why should I go to the police? You know why. No, no, really, I don't. Because you saw it. You saw his blood. I... I... No, no, you don't. Oh, no, don't. There. There, you won't need to try to open that door again. Now. Now we'll be getting along. <laughs> Tonight, for suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you as star Miss Nancy Kelly, whom you have heard in the prologue to Drive In by Mel Dinelli and Muriel Roy Bolton. Tonight's tale of suspense. This is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines. Haven't you often realized that many of life's finest enjoyments are simple and moderate rather than the opposite? I give you the words of a high and well-loved authority, Miss Elsa Maxwell, international expert on smart entertaining and gracious living. Good hospitality is always simple, genuine, and moderate. That is why I often suggest enjoyment of delicious Roma Sauternes. When you have friends in to dinner or with your everyday meals. Serve this delicate golden sautern well chilled with any food in any glasses you have. Special wine glasses are pretty but not essential to the enjoyment of Roma wine. Now, what can I add to such charming good sense as that? Maybe just this. Roma sautern and all Roma wines are the best that California's magnificent sun-ripened grapes can provide. In glorious color, fragrance, and flavor. Protected for you by the ancient wine skill of Roma's famed wineries. That's why Roma wines and Roma quality do not vary, never fall short, but are always enjoyable. Unchanging high quality gives tremendous popularity to Roma wines and makes low cost possible. Only pennies a glass. Remember... More Americans enjoy Roma than any other wines. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage Miss Nancy Kelly in Drive-In, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. After I made that last try to get out, and he broke the handle of the door, all the strength seemed to go out of my body. I just sat there as we drove on. 
We passed a few people and some cars in the next blocks, and I thought of calling out, and... And then I knew why he'd asked me to roll up the window when I'd first gotten into the car. And then... And then we were at the mouth of the canyon, and I could see the road dark and lonely up ahead. The car twisted and swerved. My arm ached from his strong fingers that had dug into it when I tried to jump out. I looked at him from the corner of my eye. He hadn't seemed like a criminal back at the drive-in, and he didn't seem like one now. His jaw was black from needing a shave, and still his face... Well, it wasn't like a criminal's at all. It, it was so tired. Quit staring at me. Look, look, I didn't know anything about you. Honest, I didn't. Please let me go. You know something about me now. I won't tell anybody. Whatever it is, I promise you I won't. A woman's promises. <laughs> Remind me to tell you a story about a woman and a promise. Let me out. Please let me out right here. It's a long way back to Glendale. Well, that's all the better. It'll take me hours to get back, and, and you'll be miles away by then. I'm not taking any chances with you, kid. Please. Oh, please let me out. I've got to get back. <laughs> You said no one was waiting for you. You live alone, don't you? No one will miss you. We both heard the siren then. He looked quickly into the rear vision mirror. Then he took a gun from his pocket. And he turned to me. If that's for us, and we'll stop, remember this. I've used this gun before tonight, and I can use it again if I have to. If I'm taken, you'll go first. But now listen, I'm a doctor, and you're a nurse. And we're headed on an emergency. If you want to live, you won't try to pull anything. Now, remember that. Remember it. Well. Yeah. Going awful fast for a wet night, aren't you? Called you all the way up from Hollywood. I'm Dr. Morgan, and this is Nurse Johnson on an emergency call. I see your identification. Well, let's see. He fumbled for his pocket with one hand, holding the gun to my ribs with the other. The motorcycle cop looked over at me. I thought for a moment that I could signal him with my eyes. But then I knew he wasn't looking at my face. He was looking down at my white starched blouse, which he could see under my raincoat. He thought it was a nurse's uniform. Here you are, officer. Okay, Doc. Sorry I stopped you. Well, that's that. Hey! Hey! Hey, wait a minute! <laughs> what? Why, what's the matter? I, uh, I just wanted to tell you. Rain started to slide up there a ways. Better take it easy. Thanks. I will. You're... You're not Dr. Morgan, are you? What do you think? Then we came to the landslide. It wasn't a big one, but it made a terrible mess of the road. He didn't slow down, and the car swerved crazily as it slipped from one side of the highway to the other. Suddenly, it fell as though the whole rear end had slipped out. I looked over at him. He was tense. His knuckles turned white as he clutched the wheel. He, he shoved the car into reverse. I hoped it would never, never move. It didn't. We were stuck. Hopelessly stuck. 
Oh, have all the luck. Suddenly, suddenly the car was filled with light. A car had come around the curve behind us. This might be my chance. Remember, I still have this gun. Now, don't try anything. Hey, we're stuck here. Could you give us a push? Thank you very much. Well, have some California hospitality. I'll have to get out. I'll have to put something under the wheel. You stay here. There. There were some bushes by the side of the road. If I could reach them, I could perhaps run up the side of the hill and hide. Then in the morning, I could make my way back down the canyon. I slipped under the wheel and I carefully turned the handle of the door on his side of the car. I could see him in the mirror. He was at the back of the car. I eased the door gently open. I put one foot out. I was just sliding out when I heard him. You're not going any place. Come here. Give me that raincoat. Why? I need something dry to stuff under this wheel. Oh, but I... You won't be needing it. I hesitated a moment, but he practically ripped it off my back. He wound it into a ball, and bending down, he stuffed it under the wheel. The gun. It stuck out of his back pocket. If I could get it, if I could lay my hands on it. I held my breath, and I, I reached out. It seemed so far. But I finally touched it. And then... And then I snatched it from his pocket swiftly. <laughs> Give me that gun. I'm going. You can't stop me now. Can't I? No. No, you stay right where you are. I, w I won't hurt you. All I want is to get home. I'm going, but if you follow me, I'll... You're what? I'll kill you. I don't think you will. Oh, yes, I will. You think I'm afraid? Aren't you? No. I don't care what happens to you. You're a murderer. You, you killed somebody. I thought you didn't know anything about I me. didn't, I didn't, but I do now, and I'm going to tell the police. Stay where you are. No, no. no I'm, I'm not afraid. I'll shoot. It's too bad I used up all of those tonight. You could have filled me full of holes. <laughs> Give me that gun. Now get in the car. That's better. Are you going to kill me? What do you think? top of the canyon now. The road was very steep. The rain had let up. It was just drizzling now. Even though he hadn't answered my question, I knew the answer. He was going to kill me. I wouldn't get back home tonight. Not tonight or any other night. It was funny. I sometimes used to hate that little apartment of mine where nothing ever happened. But tonight... And then, for some reason, I... I thought about Ruth. What would she say tomorrow when I didn't show up at work? And then... And then I wondered where they'd find my body. Well, here we are. Look out, Mountain, the top of the world. 
suddenly we came over the crest of the hill and way down below the city stretched out for miles millions of lights glittering in the rain for a moment I forgot everything it was the most beautiful sight I'd ever seen ever been up here before? no Nice, isn't it? Oh, yes. I used to come up here with a girl once. We used to sit and talk for hours. Come on. We'll get a better view if we get out. I knew it was foolish to argue. So I followed him. But as he walked over towards the edge, I became frightened. It was such a steep drop. Well, come on. I'm... I'm afraid to get so close to the edge. You won't fall. Look. That's Los Angeles over there. That that bright line of lights is Western Avenue. I went to school somewhere along in there. I used to get into all sorts of trouble at school. But I got by. I managed. And everyone said I'd grow out of it. Over that way, towards the ocean, that's Wetswood. That's where she lived. This girl I was telling you about. That was the best part of my life, I guess. That's when they said marriage and a wife would straighten me out. Marriage and a wife would straighten me out in Westwood, they said. Hmm. Does your wife still live there? No. She's dead. Oh, I'm sorry. You needn't be. I killed her. Oh, why? Because she couldn't keep her promises. Did... Did you kill her tonight? No. A long time ago. The jury said I was insane. But I think it was the sanest thing I ever did. They put me in an asylum. You know what it's like being being locked up year after year when you know there's nothing wrong with you? No. It isn't good. If you do anything to get out, anything, anything. I knew if I could keep them talking, maybe a car would come along. Maybe something would happen. It was it was my only chance. What are you thinking about? You you killed someone else tonight, didn't you? Yes. Dr. Morgan? Yes. He was one of the men who thought I was insane. Why did you do it? I wanted his car to get away in. I didn't want to be locked up anymore. Oh, but they'll catch you. No. No, they won't find the doctor for several days. I saw to that. But how can you be so sure? I do things thoroughly. What are you going to do now? First, I'm going to... Oh... Then I guess I'll go south. I knew what he meant by that pause. I started to back away slowly. I'd made a mistake by reminding you of the present. My hands went instinctively to my pocket for something to defend myself with. I knew there was a pencil there. It was sharp. Maybe I could scratch him or hurt him some way with it. But when I reached for it, I felt something else instead. Something cold and hard... 
I was puzzled for a moment, and, and then I remembered it was the shaker I'd picked up at the drive-in. You can't get away now. And then he started moving toward me. Me, with only a pencil and a shaker to defend myself with. It's too bad I came into that drive-in tonight. Why did you? Because I was hungry. Because I hadn't eaten for a long time. Weren't you afraid someone would see you? No alarm had gone out. How did you know? I knew. Oh, I'm sorry. If only you hadn't rolled that window down. If, if you're sorry, why don't you let me go? It's too late. What's that? A, a car was coming over the top of the hill. With a sudden movement, his arms were about me in a tight embrace. I started to scream. But suddenly his lips closed over mine. Pushing my head back roughly, he, he kissed me. I could scarcely breathe. And I, I felt the car's headlights on us like a spotlight. Well, just look at this view, will you? You know, I'll have to do this in a picture sometime. Can't you see we're interrupting something? Hmm? Drive on, will you? Where? Oh, oh in all this rain. I think people would have more sense. Come on. He held me a moment longer. And when the car had gone, he released me. My pencil had fallen to the ground, and I was left with only the shaker in my hand. I fingered it nervously, and then I felt the top coming off. I felt the content spilling into my hand. What have you got in your hand? Nothing. Give it to me. No. Give it to me. He grabbed my wrist, and he pulled me toward him. We were moving to the edge of the cliff, but my other hand was free, and I threw the contents of the shaker into his face. Ah! His hands flew to his face in an effort to clear his eyes. But it was too late. The pepper had blinded him. He lunged out for me, but I stepped aside quickly, and he, he slipped in the mud. His hands went out to steady himself. He clawed frantically at thin air, and then I... Then I saw him falling over backwards. Over the edge! And my strength gave away. And I felt myself sinking down to the ground. I don't know how long I must have been there, but when I came to it, it was raining again. I was soaked to the skin and there was mud caked in my hair. And there was no one in sight. The lights of Los Angeles stretched out in a pattern peacefully below. And I knew that somewhere at the foot of those hills was Glendale and my apartment. I rose slowly to my feet and I started back toward the road. And somehow... Everything that had happened seemed unreal, like a dream. Everything except the way he kissed me to keep me from crying So closes Drive In, starring Nancy Kelly. Tonight's study in Suspense. 
Suspense is produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. We are sometimes asked, why does Miss Elsa Maxwell always say it is smart to serve Roma wine? Her explanation is simple. It is smart to serve Roma wine, first of all, because Roma wines are so delicious, so good with food or any time. It is smart further because Roma wine affords simple pleasure, enjoyment that is truly moderate. Finally, it is smart because it is such an easy and inexpensive addition to hospitality and everyday living. Yes, in every way, it is smart to serve and enjoy Roma wines. They are California's finest, always good, unvaryingly fine in flavor and quality. And remember, the cost is only pennies a glass. More Americans enjoy Roma than any other wines. Roma. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines. Nancy Kelly appeared through the courtesy of RKO and will soon be seen in their production, Betrayal from the East. The part of the man was played by Wally Mayer. Next Thursday, same time, we will have an unusual program for you that you won't want to miss. It will bring you in his first appearance as a dramatic actor, Mr. Frank Sinatra. And appearing with Mr. Sinatra will be that incomparable actress, Miss Agnes Moorhead. Don't miss them next week on... Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines. R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Tonight, Eve, starring Nancy Kelly. Right over there, Miss Jeremy, second booth. Thank you. You got five minutes. Hello, Angel. Oh, Frank. Yeah, there, Angel. Take it easy. We, we don't have much time. Oh, but to have to talk to you like this through an iron screen... Not even to be able to touch you. When That's I... the way it is, Angel, when a guy's been... Frank. Frank, I know you didn't do it. I know you didn't. Of course I didn't, Angel, but just one of those things, circumstantial evidence. Oh, but there must be something. Uh-uh. I was pretty optimistic during the trial because I knew I didn't do it, I guess, but now that I look back on it, they had enough coincidence pieced together to convict a dozen innocent men. Frank. Oh, Frank, how can you be so calm? How can you... There's one thing I want you to know. I want to be sure you didn't believe any of that gossip about my running around with her. Oh, of course she I did She was didn't. a star. I was a producer. I needed her for my next picture. Lorna Moore was a big name in pictures. But you knew I'd been seeing her. I even told you how I'd quarreled with her. Oh, Frank, Frank, I know. Frank, how much more time is there? Two or three more minutes. No, 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 I mean... Oh, November the 16th. Six weeks. Yeah. Frank, I'm going to do something. What can you do, Angel? Don't you realize there's a murderer running around loose? Some man who's free and having fun and going out with girls. I'm going to find him. How could you find him? The police tried for weeks. They didn't try. All they wanted was to convict you. Uh Uh-uh. But it is nice to hear you say it, Angel, because... What? 
because it makes me know you really did love me. Oh, Frank. You see, there are things you can face when you're like this that you didn't dare talk about or even think about before. I always loved you, Eve, I, but you were so much younger and, and full of ambition. Oh, Frank, don't. I'm sorry. I wish I could have done things for you. There won't be much left for you now. You know how it is in this business. You spend it as fast as you make it. stop. Please, please stop. Oh, I'm a heel. Forgive me, Angel. But it's wonderful to know how you do feel. Frank. Frank, I'm not going to let this thing happen. There must be something. There must be some clue somewhere. Well, don't you think the police... Something the police didn't know. Something you saw when you were up there and, and didn't tell them. I couldn't have very well told them anything about that when my whole defense was that I hadn't been up there. But there wasn't anything, nothing important. Oh, but there must have been something. Whoever, whoever was there before you, wh whoever did it, must have left some trace. Well, there was her address book. Her, her... Yeah, uh, I stuck it in my pocket because, well, it, it was open at the letter J and my name was in it. It was a silly thing to do, but it's in the little secret drawer in my desk. Oh, Frank, why didn't you tell somebody sooner? What was the use? If I told him I'd been up there... Oh, yes. Yeah. There, there, there was another little thing. I, I hadn't thought. Frank, a what, smell. Oh, what, what, what kind Cigar of cigar smoke? Your time's up, Miss Jeremy. Frank, all right, all right, every day. All right, Miss Jeremy. Goodbye. So long, Angel. October fifth. Frank, darling, I found the little address book where you said it was. It's not much to go on. There are hundreds of names. But under the J's, there are only three others besides yours. I'm going after them one at a time. Tomorrow, I'm going down to see Lieutenant Trout of the Homicide Bureau. He always seemed to me one of the few who tried to be fair. And I might need help. Oh, darling, I know it isn't much, but you must keep on hoping. Something will happen, if only because I love you so desperately. What's your angle, Mrs. Jeremy? M my angle? Yeah. Why are you doing all this? But, but he's my husband. I love oh, him. Oh, look, Mrs. Jeremy, the cops around this town aren't exactly dummies, you know. You know what you were like before you married. All right, Dick Tracy. A person can change, can't they? Oh, sure they can. A cop just hates to have anyone think they can make a sucker out of him. You know how it is. Well, you can skip the apologies if that's where they're supposed to be. Sure. Now, what do you want me to do? Well... What kind of evidence would I have to have? How specific would what, it have... What, to uh, upset a first-degree murder app? Well, something in writing. That's not so easy. Have you got a suspect in mind? Some particular person? No, not yet. But you might have. Well, there's one other thing. It's an old, old trick, but it's still good. What's that? Uh, did you ever see one of these things? No, I don't think so. Here, talk into this little gadget here. Well, what, what'll I say? Oh, anything. Just talk. Lieutenant Trout is one of the most chivalrous gentlemen I've ever met. <laughs> You're quite a realist, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, now listen. Lieutenant Trout is one of the most chivalrous gentlemen I've ever met. See? A, a dictaphone. Yeah, think it might come in handy. Well, it it might. <laughs> October 7th. Darling, Trout has installed a dictaphone in my new apartment. It's only a room, really. 
And of course, I've changed my name to Evelyn Jarvis and my appearance. I don't think that even you, my darling, would recognize me now. The phone numbers are a dead end so far. The first was a dressmaker and the next a man who's definitely been in the South Pacific for over a year. But there's one more, a Jerry Jordan. I'm going to call him this afternoon. Oh, my darling, I miss you. I miss you so Is this Mr. Jerry Jordan? Yes. <laughs> well, I've finally found you. Can you guess who this is? Well, I'm afraid I'm not very good at that. Oh, all right. I suppose I'll have to tell you. This is uh, Evelyn Jarvis. Oh? Well, don't you know who I am? No, I'm sorry. I don't, Miss Jarvis. Well, this is embarrassing. Didn't you get the letter? No. What letter? Oh, my goodness. Well, you see, a, a very good friend of yours, who's also a very good friend of mine, wrote you a letter about me. Or at least he said he would. I see. And I'll give you one other clue. I'm, uh, I'm from out of town. Now can you guess? You wouldn't be from San Francisco, would you? Well... <laughs> Ed Thornton, eh? <laughs> He always did have a terrible memory for anything but phone numbers. <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean to bother you, but Ed said to be sure and look you up. Well, uh, where are you staying? Oh, I managed to find a little place. Well, lucky you. Uh, have you got any plans for dinner? Why, uh, well, I, I hadn't really thought... Say, better still, have you got any plans for right now? <laughs> well, really, Mr. No, Jordan. no, seriously. By the time we've had a drink and gotten acquainted, you'll be ready for dinner anyway. Oh, no, no. Ah, I... now you wouldn't want Ed Thornton to know you were acting that way, would you? You just jump in a taxi and tell him to take you to the Brown Derby on Vine Street. I'll be waiting right there. Uh, well, And, I... uh, knowing Ed the way I do, I, I'm dying to meet you. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, from what I know, I'm sort of anxious to meet you. <laughs> Just a quick P.S. I'm going to meet him now at the Brown Derby. Mr. Jerry Jordan. And I have a hunch he's it. I don't know why. I'll remember what you said about cigar smoke. And yet, although I've got a hunch, it, it makes me feel a little shaky to be going there. He's... Well, he's got such a nice voice to be a murderer. <laughs> so that's what he says about me, eh? As a fine pal. <laughs> I'll say one thing for Ed. He may be an awful liar, but he sure has swell taste. Well, which proves he's no liar. <laughs> but tell me, Jerry, is this the Brown Derby? I, I mean, the one you hear about? Yeah, uh, this is it. Well, are there any people, you know, famous people here now? Well, it's a little early, but... <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've always thought it was awfully silly, really, to be impressed by movie stars. Still, Hollywood must be sort of an exciting town to live in. I am hmm? mean, from some of the things I hear that, that go oh, on. Oh, that's mostly newspaper talk. Hollywood's just like any other town. They have their regular quota of divorces and fistfights. Oh, and, and murders. Oh, 
You mean that Lorna Moore business? <laughs> well, I, I read something about it. Yes, that uh, that was a genuine tragedy, all right. I don't, I don't suppose you knew her. Well, as a matter of fact, Lorna was one of the few celebrities I did know. Oh, really? What was she like? Well, Lorna was a long ways from being the sweet little thing she seemed to be on the screen. Oh, but murder would... Yes, I suppose nothing really excuses that. Well, anyway, they, they got the man who did it. Frank Jeremy? Yes, I guess they did. You mean you don't think that... Oh, the case looked good enough. You can't always tell about those things, though. Any number of people might have done it. I, I'm afraid little Lorna's life was kind of a mess. Well, Jerry, were you... Mixed up with Lorna? <laughs> no, oh, no. But, but didn't the police... I, I mean, I should think with a woman like that, all of her friends... They nabbed Jeremy so quick, they didn't even question anyone else. Anyway, I was out of town when it happened. Oh. Uh, Jerry, may I have a cigarette? I'm sorry. I don't use them. I'll get you some, however... I only smoke cigars. Uh, what, what did you what did you say? I said, I only smoke cigars. Darling, don't you see? His name in her book and he admits he knew her in the cigars. I'm positive. Now if I can win his confidence, get him up to my apartment near that dictaphone. Oh, I know I can do it. We've still got four weeks, darling, and, and I'll have to be awfully careful. He's clever and, and he's intelligent. Imagine a man who can carry a thing like that in his conscience and and still be so so terribly nice and, and courteous and, and thoughtful. But I'm going to win for you, darling. Hello, Jerry. Hello. You've been waiting long? Not very. Jerry... Is something the matter? I don't know, darling. Look, why do we always have to meet here? Why can't I pick you up at your place? I don't even know where it is. Sometimes it's almost as though you were, well, keeping some sort of a secret from me. <laughs> Isn't it a woman's privilege to have secrets? Don't talk like that, darling. Oh, Jerry, Jerry, you, you must know by now I, I couldn't have any secrets from you. <laughs> oh, I'm a fine one to talk, I guess. The fact is I've been holding out on you, darling... I don't live in that hotel. I live in a place out in Beverly Hills with about 30 rooms and a swimming pool a block long. I've got more money than I know what to do with. Oh? Oh, darling, I... I feel like a dog about it now, but I... I didn't want you to know at first. Oh, until you were sure I didn't care about money. Is that it? Yes, dear. Try to forgive me, will you? <laughs> oh, my poor darling. Will you? Of course I will. I do. And, and Jerry? Yes? About those secrets of mine. Suppose there were some things I couldn't tell you yet. Would that matter? Not if I was sure you would tell me someday. Jerry, I promise you that someday I will tell you. Frank, darling... I know the delay must be torture to you, but you must understand how careful I've got to be. I've got to have the positive, living truth on that dictaphone. I haven't been able to get him up here yet, but we've still got ten days, and I have a feeling it's going to be soon. Very soon. So don't worry, darling. I miss you. Who is this? 
Sarge, hurry. Oh, wait a minute. What, Jerry? Darling, I had to. It's been almost a week and I... Well, how did you find this place? Why do you think I didn't tell you where it was if I didn't have reasons? Let me in, please. I've got to talk to you. All right. Darling, Ed Thornton arrived in town last night. He came to see me. Oh? He's never heard of you. He doesn't know anybody by the name of Evelyn Jarvis or anyone that even looks like you. Is that what you came up here to tell me? Darling, darling, I don't care what it is. Only please, please. Jerry. Jerry. Oh, darling. I want you so much. Oh, Jerry. Jerry, my darling. I want you to go away with me tonight. I want you to marry me. You, you what? I want you to marry me. But first... Oh, my darling, I've waited so long. There's something. Something I've got to tell you. No, Jerry. No, Jerry, don't. I've got to. And then you can tell me whatever it is. And we can start even. If you still want to. Jerry, do we of us have to tell anything? Does that matter now? I've got to, Evelyn. I, I can't keep it any longer. Not the way I feel about, about you. Jerry. I'm... I've killed someone. I'm a murderer. Who? Lorna Moore. And another man is going to die for it. <laughs> Jerry. Oh, no, my Jerry. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you've done. Jerry, I love you. Do you know that? I love you. Can you still... I've loved you from the beginning. It didn't matter then and it doesn't matter now. Darling... What do you mean, it didn't matter then? Did you... Yes, I knew. Do you know who I am? Who? I'm Eve Jeremy, the wife of the man who's going to die for it. His wife? Yes. Now you know. And you're willing to let him die? Oh, he deserves to die for the things he's done. He'd have probably killed her anyway I if you he hadn't. I knew he was seeing her. He was a beast, Jerry. I knew from the beginning it was a mistake. He beat me. He beat me and he tortured me. I, I can't even tell you some of the things he... When... When does it happen? The 16th. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Does that matter to you? I'd let 50 men die to get you, darling. That's why I haven't seen you. That's why I haven't seen you. I was waiting until... We could be in Argentina tomorrow night. I'll pack. I can get plane tickets tonight from a friend. I don't have to change, do I? Oh, you look lovely. I'll, I'll just throw a couple of things in a bag and... Nobody will know about this place anyway. Make it quick, though. And it's a perfectly logical time for me to go away for a while. Hurry, baby, hurry. I'm already now. How do I look? Oh, you look beautiful, darling. Oh, wait. What? Oh, I ought to write a note to him. Your husband? Yes. Just to keep us both in the clear. He won't get it until just before... What are you going to say? Well, you can read it if you want to. No, no. Here. I'll mail it for you. No, I'll just stick it in my handbag. I'll mail it at the airport. Are you ready? Yes. Come on, Jerry. Well, good evening, Mrs. Jerry. Uh, oh, hello. You, uh, taking a little trip? Wouldn't you if you were me? Sure, I know how you feel. You, uh, in a hurry? Sort of. My, my friend here was going to run me down to the airport. Lieutenant Trout... Mr. Jordan. Well, I won't keep you but a minute, and then I'll give you a fast trip down there in a squad car. Want to step inside a minute? 
All right. Your uh, friend here know what you've been doing? In in a way. Hmm. Any luck with our little gadget? What little gadget? Oh, a, a, a dictaphone. Lieutenant Trout thought... Oh, you thought, Mrs. Jeremy. All right. I thought. Mind if I turn it on? No, go ahead. There's nothing... Hmm. Oh. I can't keep it any longer. Not the way I feel now about you. Jerry, don't I? I've killed someone. I'm a murderer. Who? Lorna Moore. And another man is going to die for it. Well, guess that's about all we need to know, isn't it? I guess it is. Well, I told you I'd get him, didn't I? Yeah. Evelyn. You can wrap them up and take them away, Lieutenant. And don't forget to send me back my husband the first thing in the morning. Come on, Jordan. Eve. So long, sucker. Eve. <laughs> they sure gave you the right name, baby. Yeah? Only you wouldn't have needed the apple. Or the snake. <laughs> <laughs> impossible back here in our own home out here on our own terrace again everything just the way it was yeah do you remember you remember when we first took the place how happy we were and and how the agent took us out on this terrace and asked us if it would be <laughs> too high up if, if we were afraid of high places mm-hmm frank is something bothering you well Eve. Oh, tell me darling oh i know you've been through so much when I think that today you might have... Now, look, Angel, I haven't any kick coming. You, you saved my life. Oh, darling. And I know what the answer is anyway, but it would only prey on my mind if I didn't talk to you about it. And there shouldn't be anything like that between us ever, should there? Well, of course not, darling. What is it? I... I have a record here. What record? That the police took off your dictaphone. Oh, well, Frank, I... want to play I... it back for you, Angel. I'll put it on the phonograph here oh, on but, the terrace. Oh, but, Frank, please, dear, All I... right, Angel, I know. Jerry, oh my Jerry, listen to me. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you've done. Jerry, I love you. Do you know that? I love you. Can you still? I've loved you from the beginning. It didn't matter then and it doesn't matter now. Darling, what do you mean it didn't matter then? Did you? Yes, I knew. You know who I am? I'm Eve Jeremy, the wife of the man who's going to die for it. His wife? Yes. Now you know. And you're... Is... Is that all? That was the end of the record. That was all that was recorded. <laughs> oh, it's all Frank. right, Angel. It's all right. I, I know. <laughs> oh, Frank. Don't you see I had to play it that way? Don't you see? I had to make him think that's so I could save you. Sure, I know, Angel. I just wanted to hear you say it, I guess. Please, Angel, I understand. Do, do, do you really? Why, of course I do. I'm a heel, Angel. Oh, darling. Listen, it's all over now. I'll tell you, let's celebrate. All right, let's. 
I'll go down and get us some wine, champagne or something. Oh, that'd be wonderful. I'll go now, only... <laughs> what, darling? Well, just getting out of the clink, I don't have any money. Do you? Oh, of course, darling. Right there in my handbag. Where? Oh. Oh, sure. Sure, you've got plenty. Say, here's a letter. A, a letter? Yeah, and it's addressed to me. A letter? A, a letter? Oh, Frank. Well, you must Frank, have forgotten don't. to... Frank. No, Frank. No, no Frank, no. No, Frank, I, I didn't. I, I, I can explain just how, Frank, I... Please, Angel! Trout, homicide. Trout. Trout, this is Frank Jeremy. A terrible thing has just happened. What? My wife. Suicide. Nerves, I guess. She jumped off the terrace before I could stop her. It's 14 stories. Was suicide, was it? She gave me a note in her own handwriting just before. Oh. Well, of course, if the note says so. It does, all right. Hmm. Well, the case is closed. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you. It says... Frank, my darling, I've been wrong all the time. I've failed you utterly. Now I can't even bear the thought of facing you. When you read this, I will be gone. This is farewell forever. Signed, Eve. So closes Eve, starring Nancy Kelly. Tonight's study in Suspense. And so until our next performance, we keep you in Suspense. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. guys that does it for miss nancy kelly in her performance on the show for today i hope you guys enjoyed her performance please welcome to the show later on tonight 
Mr. Gene Kelly and Mr. Robert Young in the NBC comedy show Father Knows Best. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcast. I am also available on your Google and Alexa devices. Just ask Google or Alexa that you would like to listen to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. And it should pull my podcast right up. And this coming Tuesday, guys, we welcome back to the show Miss Agnes Moorhead. And then next Friday, we welcome back to the show Mr. and Mrs. Ozzy and Harriet Nelson in The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet Nelson. I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast. Please continue listening and subscribing if you're new to my podcast welcome to the show please go back and listen to my first episode on Mr. Orson Welles but if you've subscribed to my podcast since day one I really do appreciate it and I welcome all newcomers to my show stay tuned for the coming weeks guys as I welcome to the show such stars as Kathy Lewis, Francis Langford, Edward G. Robertson, and many others to the show. I hope you guys have a wonderful day and stay tuned for the episodes later on tonight. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. Thanks.